0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today is Netflix' 121st film. It's the psychological horror from 2018 called Cam. It's directed by Daniel Goldhaber, stars Madeline Brewer, Patch Darragh, Melora Walters, Devin Drood, Imani Hakim and Michael Dempsey. And I said them a lot better than I did the last episode. MJ, how are you?
1: <laughs> You did say, you did say that when you when you got to this point, you were going to get them right, and I doubted you. So uh, I'm, I'm a bigger man. I'm happy to say that you proved me wrong.
0: I <laughs> didn't even practice them again.
1: <laughs> I don't believe that.
0: I'm super proud of myself. So uh, we are here to chat about this film, I guess, and we start our show with our Fast Weeks where we do a quick little summary of uh, what it's all about. So what's this one about for you?
1: Cool. So Cam is about a, a 20-something... A uh, girl who has her own raunchy webcam show she has a account hacked and online persona stolen when she looks to investigate things seem a lot more sinister than initially thought mm, intriguing oh, i like the intrigue that you you've <laughs> developed in that uh, i've said the same things i've just said
0: a girl or a cam girl's identity is stolen and she wants to work out who took it hmm, hmm. Hmm, same story, it's nice.
1: I do love your short and sharp. You, you kind of, you've molded your fast flicks in the 120 episodes we've done. You, you sort of gone through different phases and I think you're in the short and sharp phase where it's like, you cannot argue with this fast flicks because it's so broad that that is, you can't say that. that's not what happens in the film.
0: Exactly, I just like, I, I don't have um, the the ability to, to share that into anything further. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to see what your next phase of fast flicks is going to be though because it, it could be anything I, it, it might be maybe your very first one was like a paragraph <laughs>
0: I was like how long can I go and then it was like questions <laughs> everything was a question so uh, who knows yeah, that's where right yeah All right, well, uh, I like we it. talk now about what we learnt about the, the creation of this one so what, what can you um, share with us about how this was put together
1: yeah, uh, before I do start this, I think it's probably going to be apt to do a spoiler alert nice and early because I think there probably will be some spoilers within this part of the uh, podcast. So if you do want to watch Cam um, and you don't want it to be spoiled, then, then turn us off now and, and have a watch and then come back and listen to us chat about the film that you just watched. So because um, I'm going to spoil it basically right <laughs> now, but um, <laughs> so screenwriter uh Isa Mazai, so she was a former cam girl herself which I found interesting to read uh, after watching the film because obviously there's a lot more relevance to everything we saw on screen after knowing that. Uh, but so she originally wanted to create a documentary film about cam girls. Um, she then decided that documentary was probably not the best medium for it. Um, the idea being that no matter how much you can sort of show and explain in a documentary, people start still don't really get it and you're probably trying to tell a story from your perspective so the idea of going down uh, a thriller horror type story to tell about this sort of industry can really resonate with the way people yeah, their emotions that they release when they watch a film so it's an interesting take and I, I kind of like where she's going with that so much of the story that we did watch was from her own experiences as a cam girl um, and this is where some spoilers will come in but uh, the story element of, of Lola having her image stolen came from the fact that Mazai uh, had her her cam videos pirated and reposted reposted online without crediting her. So it's a little bit different to the film, but uh, same sort of premise there. Her own interactions with police officers are taken from her and, and other sex workers' experiences of basically being dismissed whenever they do have an issue uh, with the law. Um, and her and the director Daniel Goldhaber uh, they've been friends since high school so he had also previously directed some of her pornographic videos uh, because prior to this his directing credits had basically only been a couple of shorts and he'd also done some student films so they're both you know pretty pretty fresh and pretty green coming into this project so which is which is pretty cool when you consider what they've actually been able to create the film itself was shot over 20 days um, that was around the end of March in 2017. So basically wrapped up within a month. Uh, and then it had its world premiere at the Fantasia International Film Festival on July 18. I believe that's a Montreal film festival. Uh, and basically not long after that, Netflix jumped on and acquired the distribution rights to the film. Uh, and then it was released on Netflix in November or on November 16 in 2018. So one of the films, we, we saw this a while back when Netflix uh, jumped on a lot of Films from festivals, chuck them on their service as soon as they saw them. Obviously, there's, there's always a bit of a bidding war with other studios when it comes to that. Uh, and they got this one nice and early, and, and here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you've sung quite well. It's always hard uh, coming
0: in after you to, to go, oh, I'm sitting here on my list going, yep, uh, tick, 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 out. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> uh, you've, you've covered everything pretty well. Like, yeah, the, a lot of those stories that um, the screenwriter... Took from her own life. I mean, the the idea. I think in the film, one of the police officers says, "What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do?" And and um, she said, "You know, she was actually asked this by several Hollywood executives in meetings once they learned what her past profession was." So just that that idea that people have the the guts of the balls to not cool. To actually, yeah, not mm. cool at all. Um, the, the 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 running theme throughout here I too get is Alice is, is our main protagonist, and there's a lot of uh, Alice in Wonderland references throughout. Um, mm you've got her online screen names like the mad hatter and mr teapot and it's almost this idea through the looking glass of this this computer screen i guess uh it is another way you could you could look at it too
1: um i love that i I didn't pick that up watching it but i I read that theory afterwards and then i also i i always like giving filmmakers credit and i also wonder whether they had really picked up on how much of this was like an alice in wonderland retelling um Mm. because it's really strong it's a strong case and it's it's really nice
0: I don't know if you picked up on this, but uh, I had to double check. So you start the film and with a Netflix film, you get that Netflix logo at the start. Um, and this was the, I uh, pretty I'm sure this is our first Netflix film that we've done where it's got that new colourful end that changes into that rainbow sort of colour. Because I went back and looked ah. at last week's show, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and I had the old white one with the red Netflix logo. So with this one, it's the new, um, new one that sort of um, evaporates into that rainbow colour. So I thought that was a, a cool little, we're into the, the newer, newer films. <laughs> good eye, um, mate. Very good eye. The I've I, I translated it, the title, Cam, into a couple of different things. Um, oh, yeah. In Greek, it was called The Camera Girl. So all very similar. Yeah. In Hungary, Ukraine, and Russia, and Russia, it's called Webcam. In Mexico, it's called Blocked Account, which gives a bit more context to the film. And then um, in Vietnam, it's called The impostor, which, yeah, um, yeah so a different range, I guess, on that idea of... Um, what this film is all about
1: you know what i prefer out of all them is webcam because cam i get it like she's a cam girl they don't say webcam and i get it and it makes sense but it because it's someone's name like if your name's cameron or campbell cam yeah true it, it just it, it, it becomes context. a little bit confusing no it, it's a little bit confusing and that's the only reason because otherwise i've got no issue with it yeah uh won five
0: awards three nominations mainly at these horror festivals that you mentioned, like I played at Fantasia Fest, um, Fantastic Fest, London Film Festival, AFI Fest, et cetera. I played at the Monster Fest in Australia. So it had a cinematic release in Australia. Um, And then the budget of about a million bucks, which, um you know, it's a it's I
1: pretty
0: cheap budget. That. Didn't say that. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know. No, okay, good. Well, I didn't even look up what else made for a million <laughs> bucks because I thought that was pretty low anyway. So,
1: we know um, a million is very low. Hey, with that, with that in mind, I, I know you, you sort of mentioned that it won a few awards, but like it won some good awards. I know there were a lot of them are more genre film festivals, but it won best screenplay and best first feature at the Fantasia Film Festival. At the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival, it won Best Actress with Madeline Brewer and it won Best Production Design. And even at Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, it was nominated for best streaming premiere film, nominated for best screenplay. Like these are big awards considering, you know, it's a million dollar film with a couple of people behind it who don't have a lot of uh, don't have many credits in the bank in in the film industry. To come out and do that, I think that's a massive effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well said. Um, consensus time. What what could you see from the, the critics and the audience for this one?
1: So it's it's pretty similar on both platforms I look at. Um, so it's a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 26,000 ratings, which is pretty good. And then it's, yeah, as I said, it's very similar on Letterboxd at three out of five. Nearly 50,000 ratings on Letterboxd for this film. And I actually do recall seeing probably when this film, maybe six months after this film came out, reading an article, basically, I think it's just one of those clickbait things on Facebook that, that struck my attention, basically saying you've got to watch this this film on Netflix. Like it, it, it's doing some sort of good work with with um, with the people who are more into their films and people who actually wanted to watch this. And, and the fact that it's got nearly double the amount of ratings on Letterboxd and IMDb is certainly something I've never seen.
0: Extremely high. Um- and talking of extremely high, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics had this at 93% on 98 well, That's reviews. why I'm reading articles about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, certified Fresh. Uh, the audience, though, had it a little lower. Very similar to what we had for the others at 54% on about 1,200. Yeah. so um, That is yeah, a lot lower. Crit- yeah, critics loved this This one. Indeed. Mm. Early thoughts on... What are your early thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I, um, I think it was... Like a really cool modern and pretty ambitious premise. Um, that feeling of being locked out of your account, um, that your online persona is almost as important as your real life one, that's captured really well and that's really true for so many people. If you get locked out of your Facebook account, you, you, you panic, right? Like you think someone's like taking over your life, you'd almost rather lose your bloody credit card. Like it, it's crazy but that's where we're at right now uh, and I think they capture it really well as I said. So, the thriller elements of the film work pretty well too. Um, that idea of there being something going on that doesn't quite add up, it's its actually downright creepy when it gets into the crux of it, of this film. So it, it's not my favorite movie, but um, it did a lot right considering it, you know, wasn't really working with much from from the start. So I, I was pretty impressed. Good, yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, I thought it was engaging
0: enough. Uh, thought it was pretty good performances. The conclusion left mm. me pretty unsatisfied though. Um, which made it hard for me to reflect back and have a lot of positive thoughts about the experience, I guess. So um, yeah, some issues towards the end, which I'm sure we will uh, break down a little bit further on. Mm, yeah, no, it'd be good
1: to talk about that sort of stuff, actually.
0: Good. All right. Well, characters, what characters, what are some characters in this one that you wanted to discuss?
1: Well, it's, look, considering it was, you know, quite an engaging film, there's not too many to really dig into. Um, we've got Alice who, uh, her online persona being Lola, but, you know, apart from her, there's not a heap to talk to. Um, but it, she, um, as a character, I think it worked really well. Um, it never really wavered. Uh, there was never a moment where I kind of thought that she wasn't being true to the character that they'd set up. So I really enjoyed the fact that she was committed to this, this, this gig that she had uh, almost obsessively uh, committed to, to this job as a, as a webcam girl or whatever you call them. Sorry. But, um, but she still had that slight shameful stigma, stigma attached to it with her family and the outside world in general, knowing what she did. And she wanted to keep that really private. But for her, it was all about the, the gravitas that comes with it. Like uh, even when her online persona was receiving all this praise and doing really well, you know, she didn't like the fact that she was missing out on all that. So um, she put so much on the line to recapture that gravitas that she was receiving that she went down a really dangerous road to get to the bottom of it, which is why I was probably more satisfied with the ending, you know, the idea of her jumping back on the horse because, you know, this is her thing and this is what she does. And yeah, she's almost obsessed with that profession. Yeah. I, I think you've, you've put it
0: very well. Um, I think the performance worked really made you feel a lot more for this character and, and understand what was going on. But just, I guess in comparison, what you're saying, like I, I felt like I needed more as to why she was working in this industry, or like what had drawn her to this industry in the first place. Um, and I guess a bit of that is about that self-gratification, and, and you know, she's always talking about making up the ranks and making it to number one. And mm. um, like, I, I wanted to know as a character if she got to number one, would, does that mean she's got enough cash that she's happy to give it away and try something else, or um, that, what that, do I, you reckon? <laughs> Well, the, the mum gave her praise and you know seemed supportive even when it comes out what she does for a profession and, and she yep. wasn't able to take that on board. So it was almost like this idea that uh, she's happy for, for all this um, likes and all this interest from random people that mean nothing to her, whereas the people in her actual life that her brother and her mum, she wasn't able to... The brother seemed switched on and, and the brother mm. seemed like he didn't really want much to do with that situation, but she couldn't read that. She was more, more worried about... The superficial ideas, which oh for sure, um, yeah, I guess that was yeah how I, I felt about her.
1: Yeah, well, she was obsessive with it, but I mean, it's like anyone who puts everything they can into getting number one, no matter whether it's sport, whether it's gaming, whether it's you know whether it's in your own line of work, and depending what number one actually means to you. Once you get there, you're not satisfied and you're not going to stop, you find another goal or you find another obsession to keep drawing on. And if she got to number one, she would be obsessed with maintaining number one or doing something outlandish to stay there. That was her personality. Yeah. All right. Who else have you got? I've got Tinker. Uh, I didn't catch his, his actual name, but his um, obviously Arnold. online name. Yeah. Arnold, that's right. Um, I also thought, as a character, he was captured pretty well. I mean, these guys exist, right, in the real world. And and I imagine they would be obsessive, stalkerish, elusive, sweaty, you know, unsure of (laughs) themselves. But, I mean, his obsession is more about the connection he has online rather than in person as well. So, even though he finally gets Lola, Lola into his hotel room and he planned to help her, he still couldn't resist logging on and connecting with something that he knows is already a bot, but he lives in that world basically. And, and doesn't really function very well outside of it. Yep. Yeah. 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 I just,
0: is a creep. <laughs> the the, he- the men in this, um, in this film are all, uh, uh, there's not many positives apart from the brother who we didn't even get to see enough of. Um, yeah. His mate, his mates are all, you know, all they care about is that their, their mates with, you know, the, their brother, their brothers into this sort of stuff. Their brothers, and sisters into this sort of stuff. And yeah, um, yeah, it was hard to find any redeeming qualities in in Barney as well. Who
1: similar sort of um, sort of character that just didn't seem to have any nice qualities about him. Well, Barney, to me, his infatuation seemed to be more of a power thing. Um, he must have he must have money um, in some capacity, and this is kind of like his dirty little secret on the side, where he feels like he completely owns every aspect of this venture, like from the girls themselves to the entire ranking system, you know, within the entire platform. Um, And unlike Tinker, he does seem to exist the same way offline and online. Um, And and that confidence that he has extends into his real life self, which he enjoys meeting the girls in real life. It kind of like adds to his stock. Um, So whereas Tinker's kind of like this guilty obsession that he doesn't exist very well outside of it, Barney's like I gotta I gotta own the whole thing. It's all about power for him.
0: Yeah, good points. Uh, any other characters?
1: Well, you kind of touched on the mum before, um, yeah. and I, I just I like how she respected what her daughter was doing, um, and I think I think that's important because that empowerment statement within the film is important. That it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're committing to it and, you, and you're sticking to your own morals and that's okay. I think they probably could have done this side of it a little bit better. I think she basically said, I really like what you're doing because she was watching, you know, the bot doing all these videos and said, you're really good. I, I, I kind of wish there was more to that, uh, how she could have actually appreciated what her daughter was doing, regardless of just being like, Oh, you're really good at it. Like, I don't know. Cause she she's kind of building this little business. Um, and yeah, but I, I did, I did appreciate the fact that she didn't just go, Oh, well, you're, you're, I'm not very proud of what you're doing or I'm shunning you or whatever. It, it, it added something nice to the story that was important. Yeah, I, I think so too. And even the graffiti on the side of the house, she wasn't
0: too upset about that. It was more about, I'm happy to, your home. let's talk it through, let's, mm. let's sort this out. Good. Um, The director, Daniel Goldhaver.
1: Yeah, I, I <laughs> um, kind of touched on it, but yeah, yeah, feature length debut. Uh, he helped write the screenplay with... Um, with Isa uh, Mazzi and also Isabel Link-Levy. Um, as I said, he directed a couple of porn films and he done a couple of short, written and directed a couple of shorts as well. But this is his uh, real first uh, foray into it. Yeah, the, the only thing that popped
0: up for him, he did uh,
1: the... on uh, well, It was called the 50
0: States of Fright, where he did the, uh, the episode or the anthology part of, on Colorado, uh, which it's a weird thing. Quibi was this thing that sort of existed for a while. It's nice. this little um, um, quick bite size um, streaming platform that you could access on your phone. Uh, and the 50 stages, 50 states of Friday, I was very excited about it. I watched a few of them. Uh, they were going to go through each each 50 state and sort of like a, uh, a horror myth that sort of was known from each state. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah cool. he, he, did one of, he did one of those, which was, which was cool. Um, the, it's called Red Rum, Colorado. Uh, there's one. Uh, this one I watch about this tumbleweed that came in and sort of kids got stuck in this tumbleweed. They're just they're out there, sort of little things. So uh, yeah, if you I don't know wherever that, that, that content's going to land, Quibi uh, couldn't couldn't manage to sell off or, or uh, lease off any of their content. So it's sitting uh, somewhere online to hopefully be uh, revisited at some stage.
1: So how long were they all?
0: So Quibi, everything was ten. 10 minutes or under uh so the yeah. the 50 states of fright were three 10 part ones generally um ah, okay yeah yeah like their feature films were like 10 or 12 10 minute segments um so mm. they'll 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 rock up somewhere eventually i think the, the 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 thing with quibi was that they had um you know they, they said they had like 12 months or two years rights to the content then it reverts back to the creators so whoever created this stuff i think might have been Sam Remy or um, Someone like that is going to go back to them anyways, um, or Eli Roth, one of those guys.
1: Do they still own the rights if they don't exist?
0: <laughs> yeah, that could be the cause. Maybe all this content's just
1: reverted back to the original creators. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Big two, $2 billion
0: disaster. Oh God, it was always going to be. Yeah. All right, same time. What are what are some ones that stood out in this?
1: Yes. So the opening scene was Belter. Um I think if you're trying to get this movie financed, just film that scene and go, I'm making a movie and this is the opening scene. So I just love that there was no messing around. It gets you straight in. It introduces exactly what you're doing. They set up this dangerous uneasiness straight away. And that tone never shifts in the entire film. There's always that feeling of something not being right, um, even before things aren't going right. So obviously the scene I'm talking about is when she obviously has a knife and, and slits her throat. I mean, that was... I was on the edge of my seat immediately uh, grabbed my attention. I thought it was an excellent scene. Um, following on from that was when she got hacked and you kind of just assume that it's an old video that they're playing. And, and she's looking through the calendar, trying to find out when she did this bathtub scene or this inflatable pool scene. Uh, and then when she types hello um, as Mr. Teapot or whatever, yeah. And then, and then the, the, bot says back, you know, hello, Mr. Teapot. That was awesome. That was that was when I was like, this movie is actually going to go up a notch. This is more than what I was anticipating. So I was very, very impressed with that. And and the other thing that I did like about this film was was when Lola or Alice discovered that she didn't know what she looked like. Uh, again, it, I think every time the movie got a little bit, not stale, but it it, it kept taking turns at a nice, uh, nice pace as to when we wanted something more interesting to happen, and when you realize, like, okay, there's something about this. That she doesn't know that they look exactly the same. What is this? You know, it's not a person. It's not a look alike. Yeah, it's more. It's more technical than that, and uh, yeah. that that piqued my interest as well. Good. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to repeat what you
0: said that opening scene because I didn't know what this film was about. Um, mm. So to me, that first couple of minutes where they're talking about all these um, sex toys and and all this sort of stuff. I was like, "Geez, what, what on earth are we watching?" Um, it really surprised Really, really surprised me. And then, like you mentioned, that throat um, slicing sort of scene. Like, I was like, "Okay, well, now I
1: know what
0: this film's about." And I did not know this is what we were covering this week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. the the shock or surprise, I guess, was uh, what got me with that.
1: I give you that. Right. Yeah. What are some
0: things that uh, you didn't like in this one?
1: That was the only scene you liked, mate. Yeah, I haven't got anything else. Sorry. <laughs> right. No, that apologized. Um, yeah, there were two things I didn't like in this film. One was, and I hate that this was obviously something that was important to them as the filmmakers and especially um, as, as a writer. I didn't like the scene with the cops. I didn't like it when he creeped out on her and, and then they just didn't help at all. Um, everything else to that point that was a roadblock felt like a realistic roadblock to me. Um, obviously, trying to get the account sorted. Um, her her mum finding out about it. All these things that were, were difficult for her Were like, oh, I can understand why that's happened That sucks, let's work through it This felt just like we put it in for the sake of putting it in Which they kind of did, but it just didn't feel right uh, And I hate to think that that maybe is the way That these things are handled It just didn't feel right So I, I, I could be completely naive right now by saying this But watching the film didn't work for me Yeah, that's fair um, And then the other thing I didn't like Is when she didn't tell um, Barney what was going on? I, I don't think she had any reason to lie to him uh, when he discovered that she was online and then she was in the bathroom. Just be like, yeah, I got hacked. Something's up. Like I don't, he wasn't dangerous per se within this environment. Like he was probably somewhat dangerous to be hanging out with too much, but he wasn't like, it, I, I never thought he was in on it, so it wasn't like you were trying to hide things from him. So it kind of annoyed me that she didn't do that because she was pretty savvy for the entire film and she made good decisions. Um, so that one didn't work for me either. Yeah, I, the,
0: more so uh, the same scene. To me, that whole idea of him trying to attack her in the mm-hmm. bathroom in like this open restaurant that, that looked like there were lots of people around just didn't didn't seem right that, that this guy would think that he could get away with something like that in...
1: Well that's impressive. the power thing that he's got though, right? Yeah. Like he, he he's got his ownership over her, he mm. feels. Yeah, but I,
0: I don't know, it just felt like there's other ways to show power, like like you mentioned, because she locks herself in the bathroom and obviously he's on the he's got the notification that she's online and she's in the mm. toilet. Like I don't know, just he drew conclusions that out of nowhere about mm. like surely a normal person be like, Okay, what's going on? All of a sudden it's like she's calling him. How? How does that make sense if there's someone else online when he can see it's the same image, like there's just more to it. I thought as a brush. Um, and I know that you're talking about his power he has, but it was just a brush decision to make.
1: Um, but it was also weird by her to like hide from it. Like just yeah, like, yeah, I, that was the whole thing didn't really add up. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I thought the whole, you know, she's decided she needs to do the the joint show and goes to like the, the, the set or the location where everyone's filming things. And the whole idea of that, mm-hmm. that toy that sort of made them lose sensation. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know if it was needed. It didn't make me laugh. I, I don't know whether it's just something that the, the writers didn't make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like she woke up, you know, in bed, obviously in quite a lot of pain, or lost sensation or whatever it was. I don't know. It just didn't didn't fit right. Um, mm. th- I mentioned this before, but that scene with the mum and um, her saying that she she watched the content and, and thought it was all right, sort of thing. I just would have liked her response to being not just shut mum down straight away. As didn't would have been nice to have someone else on board with her rather than being this lone um, person mm. throughout that whenever she reached out, no one listened to her. And the mum was the one that actually did reach out and she just sort of knocked her back.
1: Yeah, it's that. not a bad point, actually. Although I wonder if there was a level of her knowing that the next steps that she was going to take were pretty dangerous and didn't want to drag her into it. But yeah, it's good. I, I think that scene could have been done differently anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, last one is just that that the end the trying to overcome the bot and the smashing the head on the table and, and then starting a new account. Like, I don't know, I get that she's committed to this profession, committed to doing what she wants to do. And it's sort of like this empowerment idea that, you know, she's strong enough to continue, but at the same time, you can be still strong and say, I need to piss this off and and go somewhere else. Um, So that sort of annoyed me a little bit. I think maybe, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just so close to her, overcoming this bot by by injuring herself it was just i don't know i just really wasn't a fan
1: yeah i I get i get it i i I think i was satisfied with her ability to overcome it and then still just stick to her guns and be like this is what i do i'm not getting bullied out of this um so that's why i did i actually did like the fact that she kept kept going and created that new account and, and wanted to go again in terms of her smashing her face in and doing it i i I I like the heightenedness of that scene. I liked. uh, I like kind of like figuring out what the hell is going on with this bot and and whether she's going to be able to get through with this and and make it work. Uh, It was because it's very. It's a very abstract concept, right? Like you're not going to have this happen in real life right now. As far as I can tell, technology is not that advanced to be able to replicate yourself like that. So uh, it it, it kind of satisfied me in, in a weird. Uh, like abstract brains working over time to figure out what the hell going on kind of way. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. What was this one saying? What are some themes or some ideas? Well, there's a lot about empowerment and control um, within yourself, within you, your online community, offline community, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's also just discussion of your online persona and what that means to you and, and how important that is to protect and, portray the way you want to portray it and and receive praise off the back of that if if you think you deserve it um it's not not many films do it um like you could almost say like ready player one does it on steroids but apart from that like it's it's this is a more grounded in reality kind of way of telling that story yeah yeah
0: the the main things i've got a very just adding on to what you've said i guess that idea of your identity or like this idea of obsession and these online personas and mm. you know that strive just want to continually be to the top and you know top 50 number one how far will people go for this online gratification and you know what if your online you is more powerful than you yourself um that, that, that's sort like, of great. you know that happens with her in this situation because this bot is able to do that and it leads into humanity too like you have strength as a human because you can de- defeat that bot. Um, like Austin Powers at the end almost with those, those yeah. bots, you know, you've you got that yeah. ability for, for humanity to overcome something that's programmed. Um, online theft and this, I guess you've got to talk about too, this social normal porn. Um, sex and violence, is this a dangerous thing? Like the, the, I get the idea of sex, but this idea of, of um, violence needing to be a part of it as well is just something that's probably a little bit um, distant to me and not something that I probably realised or, or thought was such a, a big thing in this world.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. And I look, I really want to backtrack on the points you made about humanity overcoming it. Cause I think that's a really, really good point you make um, that everything that in her world is based around her online persona and, and building that up as much as possible. But yet it's the fact that she is human, that she is able to overcome that. And then the actual reality that we live in was the one that saved the day. Um, but then again, that idea of your online persona, as you said, being more important or being bigger than your actual real life persona, that is prevalent in society today. And that's you know that's that's the reason why Instagram got rid of the you displaying how many likes you get on photos, be, be, because people are basing their own popularity off whether people double click on a photo or not. And it's uh, it, it it is so so relevant. Uh, and this is a heightened way of telling that story. But man, this is this is a crazy relatable story for so many people, despite the fact that none of us have actually done this specifically. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we, I, we don't watch webcam girls and we don't, we don't, I don't make webcam stuff like it's, but that gratification that people seek online is more important. than Someone tapping you on the shoulder and saying, Hey, how you doing? Like that's, that there's so much more to this that, you, that you've picked up on there beautifully.
0: Hmm. Thank you. What did you take away from this one?
1: Well, as, as, a, as a movie, I think the thriller side of things actually worked really well. Um, they, they have that real unknown that they set up. So firstly, they obviously set up this tone of uneasiness and then you know something is off and, and something's going to go wrong at any time. But then the actual plot being around not knowing who is in control of this account, who's behind it, how it's really working, it's, it's a really engaging way to watch a movie. And I think it's a perfect, perfect way to, to frame a 90-minute film where they really do want you to be completely engaged the whole time. They don't want to give you a break. And that well, that works for a short film. It was great. Yeah.
0: I, Mine sort of leads on to, to the last part you're talking about where I think this is probably a good wake-up call for a lot of young people about their online presence and their identity um, and, you know, uh, who they interact with and what they say can, can lead to real-life situations or real-life problems um, and real-life emotions. So, yeah.
1: I mean, that's a kick-ass takeaway. That's awesome.
0: Hmm. All right. Debbie. did you jump on to check anyone out at any stage?
1: I did. This was a good one because I was, it was really pissing me off that I couldn't figure out who the hell the brother was like Jordan, like so familiar. I'm like, I know this dude. And it was um Tyler from 13 Reasons Why, which I, I didn't watch the, I think I've only seen the first two seasons of that show. I feel like one of those shows that really should have been a one and done kind of show. Like it was a great first season and, don't try and capitalize on the money that you've made off it. Just, just let it, let it be. Um, but anyway. That was him.
0: Yeah. First, first time he came on the screen, he was mine as well. I was like, that's the kid from 13 Reasons Why." So I was correct. So I was happy with uh, that. Um, you're better than this- me. It's <laughs> driving me crazy. <laughs> and I think um, the, the same sort of outlook on that show, I think we got to the, the end of season two, which um, this kid, who <laughs> I think Tyler's his character in the show has a pretty big uh, him, heart man. at the end of that season. And then yeah. the start of the third season, we just like, nah, this is rubbish. So, uh, I didn't even yeah. start it. I didn't even start yeah. the third
1: season. Oh,
0: good. All right. Um, us talking on a
1: Netflix uh, podcast about it. Poorly about a Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> if, not, if they want to pay us to do this, then we'll we'll talk more favourably about the rest of their content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Question time. Have you got anything you wanted to ask?
1: Yeah. I. You kind of touched on the ending, um, but I, I kind of want more. Not, I'm not talking about her recreating that persona. all right That. Let's. That, that's the that the tack on but do you think the ending was too unrealistic or, or is that too naive a question like can because we're talking about technology that as far as i know doesn't exist to that level do you think that tainted the film a little bit yes
0: i just had a similar thing because i was like are you happy with just to put the ending down to being a doppelganger as a bot like that's that's the conclusion that they do is that the technology is so advanced that someone can just implement you you can put the, you put your data in yourself and then they can use that that data that you put in to you know they they hinted that it was because she logged into her account at the at the venue that they did recordings from and, and all things like that. And uh, yeah, I was I was a little bit disappointed that um without a, a you know if I was her I'd want to see who the person or who the, the owner or the people that own this company are and why are they doing this rather than just signing up for another account and doing it over again.
1: Yeah, so a bit too far-fetched, right? You're like, ah, yeah. well, that can't really happen, so it's a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think I kind of liked it for the reasons that were less practical and more telling a really good story about, or not story, a really good mess sending a really good message about what to look out for, what to be careful for, and, and what you can do to work your way around it. But yeah, I, I, I do get it. It could have been a cleaner, and it would have been a, a re- an absolute belter of a movie if that was the case. Hmm. Um, anything else? No, that was the only
0: question I had for you. Uh, i just a uh, hypothetical. Why did she start working in this industry? I I just really want an answer. To that.
1: Um, it's a really good question. Yeah, uh, well, you you sort of mentioned at the start, and and yeah, I, it might have been nice to know. It, it didn't it didn't bother me because you, you can understand how invested she is in it, and, and you probably get the impression that maybe she was looking for work in fields that didn't suit her. She was never satisfied with her. She stumbled across this and was instantly gratified by the way that it functioned and, and all of a sudden realized that this is something that I'm good at and I'm actually going to invest a lot of time, effort and money into making myself the best web girl. What do they call Cam girl? I'm cam, girl. That wrong. Yeah. cam girl. The best cam girl I can be. That's that's how I sort of read it. But it would have been nice to it, it could have done with it. But then it maybe takes away a little bit from the thriller element that's just this bang, bang, here we go. Um, But yeah, it's a good question. Uh, That's a fair answer
0: because I don't have one. So yeah, good. All right, I think that's time to start to wrap this up and we give a rating out of five at the end to give an average out of five and hit us off.
1: Yeah, this was a really enjoyable, short, sharp thriller. Um, It kept me on my toes. It explores an environment that is foreign to me, but it feels really close to home at the same time because of its ability to draw me in on this feeling of being locked out Um, and and all of that combined with that uneasy wary tone that's set up immediately it made for a pretty compelling watch for me so it's three and a half stars for Cam Nice, good. Uh, Yeah, performances ideas all went fairly well to me it just needed
0: some more rounding out uh, to make it more believable I think like you mentioned at the end and um, it probably would have stuck with me a bit more so I'm giving it a two and a half out of five which gives us an average of a three
1: Nice. basically what the rest of the world is saying yeah they bring us together and we
0: can combine to be like (laughs) everyone else Um, we have have social platforms we have twitter facebook instagram um question this week is who's the movie's intended audience who who, who do you make this film for um do you make it for is it to get those teen boys on because they're like oh you know this idea of this industry and and then send them a message that you know, it's not necessarily a, a, a beautiful world for these people. I'm not sure. I don't
1: know. I, I think it's really far-reaching. I, I don't think mm-hmm. this is a you know girls who are 16 to 30 who can completely understand the idea of online gratification, or boys who maybe just want to be a little bit pervy and and, and get the idea of it. Because because it's this whole story is within a really nice thriller means that if you're a, if you're a movie fan, you can really enjoy this film. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot more to it than than anything too pigeonholed. But I like it how you mentioned we've got our social channels. So please give us a few likes and some <laughs> shares so we can have that gratification too. <laughs> we, we live off it, please. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: are back again next week for a Christmas film. It's a romantic Christmas comedy from 2018 called The Princess Switch. It's directed by Mike Roll and it stars Vanessa Hudgens, Sam Palladio and Nick Cigar. That's what we've got next week
1: for you. It is an enormous change of pace. Yes, massively. Hopefully something that's got a little bit of a nice
0: sentimentality to it.
1: You know me and Christmas
0: films. Yes, I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy it. So Vanessa Hudgens, I'm not complaining. I like her too. Good. All right, well, thank you for chatting and um, I'll see you next
1: week. That was a good chat. It was a short episode, but I think we got a lot out of that one. That was good. I think, yeah, very um, succinct. It was great. Just like the movie. <laughs>
0: yes. Didn't waste a
1: scene. <laughs> All right. See you then. See you next week.